Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. To go, not home, but go into the Word. And uh, I just want to say thank you for coming to church. Uh, not because you're doing me a favor, but I actually want to commend you for coming to church and for braving the weather. Also, you know, for our kids' ministries, we, we heard a report that, you know, 401 was closed. There was a tractor trailer that flipped. Um, and we had a, a team that was supposed to serve, but were stuck behind that. And they managed to get here in time for prayer and to be, to be there today to run kids. So um, especially parents in the room, just make sure we uh, show our appreciation to everyone who's serving. The worship team who was here at 8 a.m., thank you for coming. And thank you for um, just leading us to his throne room. And, and we're here, again, we're not interested in playing church. We're here because we are the church, and, and we're not done yet because God's not done yet. And today, with God's help, I want to speak a message that I've entitled, The Position of Unity. The Position of Unity. Now, you don't have to adjust your glasses or your contacts, but it's hard to read that last word, unity, because the position of the word in the context of the graphic on the screen is not aligning, right? There's no unity when, because I put two colors on purpose. And so the yellow and the bluish green, unless you're colorblind, you're like, I don't see the color maybe, or the word, but... um, the position of unity is important, and God has thoughts on this subject. And so with, with his help in the time that we have together, I want us to look at how the out of Psalm 133, but before I get there, last week we looked at how the word of the Lord was rare. We were talking about young Samuel and Eli. Eli was the priest, and he had two sons. We said that the, the word of the Lord was rare, And God chose to speak to Samuel and not Eli as the priest, who was the priest. Why? God was angry with the sin of Eli and his two sons. And so God doesn't tolerate sin. When God puts the order and the expectation and and we fall short, so Eli wasn't doing his priestly duty and his sons weren't either. And then God said, I'm going to put a stop to this. Because it's gone on too long, he did not heed my warning, and so judgment is coming on Eli's house. And so what they were doing did not align with God's expectation for a priest and his family. And there's unity that's meant, and and the way God gave it to me was this. It's not a formula, it's not the be-all, end-all. It's just three specific areas. That there should be unity in the church. Unity in the family or in your family, let's make it personal. And then even more personally, unity in your personal life, which means under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, the interesting thing about that, and you might say, okay, great, why? So there are two specific reasons why this kind of alignment or unity is important. Firstly, there's a protective covering. If I, if I was, I'm creative with graphics, but not with illustrations and, and things, but I should have brought an umbrella. 
for covering, right? Some of you have them in your car. Please don't run out and, and bring one to me now. It's okay. But just envision the umbrella, right? I'm holding the umbrella and picture my family. I'm taller than my wife and my three children. So I hold it up. And whoever comes close is under this covering. And, and we're united, but there's this protective covering. And so that's one element in this unity. But then there's also blessing. There's blessing that flows. And scripturally speaking, it comes from the top down. When the rain falls, it comes from the top, from the heavens, and it flows down into the earth. And so we're going to look in a second at scripture about that. But heed what Mark 3 says, verse 24 and 25. If a kingdom, so going a little broad here, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Now let's zoom in and make it a little more personal. If, and if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. So not just for the protective covering, uh, the blessing, but the unity is actually for life. The unity is there so that life happens. In, in not just life, but life God's way, by God's design. And so that's what he's saying. It's so critical that the members or of its people, family or of a kingdom, hinges on the unity of its members or of its people. So we have to work at this. It is not easy. It's not easy. I'm speaking firsthand. And it's just interesting that, um, you know, yesterday into today, my wife's giving me this grin. Uh, but we were challenged in this area where we had a difference of opinion. And my wife and I uh, experienced a bit of disunity. But it's just fitting because I knew that this was the topic of today's sermon. And we need to work those things out. The thing is, most of us are okay not working them out. And we just learn to deal with the cuts and the wounds and the hurt. And we just build these two separate lives. I'm just thinking husbands and wives. We just build two separate lives. You coexist, but you don't, you don't display the unity that should be in a home. And children pick up on this, just so you know. The children learn and they think, well... This is okay, so this is okay. And they begin to model what we've shown them. And, and so God has a few specific things to say to us today in the area of unity and alignment. And the purpose of this is because I believe when we get unity in any room, not just this context of church, but in the home or in husbands and wives, you get back on the same page or, or you know, work relationships, your boss and, and you if you're an advisor or something like that. When we get unity in the room, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Why? Because, well, one could take a thousand, but two could take 10,000 to flight. So there is strength in unity. I think of the icy, um, I'm not saying it's icy, but I'm imagining outside it's icy. Um, you know, if I'm walking alone, the odds are much greater that I could slip and fall. Um, but if we're holding arms and we're walking slowly, step by step, there's a good chance that we can all make it. Now, unless there's that one clumsy person that just pulls everyone else down, right? There's strength in numbers. Um, but the odds are you can lift up that person who maybe lost their footing for a, for a second. And so 
If you have your Bible, would you turn to Psalm 133? We just have a couple of verses to read. And I'm going to ask if you are able to stand for the reading of God's Word. We stand to honor Him, but maybe some of you just need a little more blood to flow down to your feet, and that's okay too. Psalm 133, verse 1. And here's what it says. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony or in unity. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I just pray that it would be a word in season for every single person that's here in this room. God, I pray for unity, not just in your church, but God, in every home where there's maybe chaos or there's dysfunction or disunity. Father, that we, we who are hearing this message today, and maybe those in the future on the podcast, Lord, it would be a word that would cause us to take action. In the name of Jesus, anoint me as I speak your word. I ask in your name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. This Psalm 133 is believed to have been written sometime during the reign of King Hezekiah um, when the tensions between Israel and Judah were still felt. And so you could understand that they were making their pilgrimage back to Jerusalem for the feasts. And guess what? When you would gather in Jerusalem for the feasts, there had to be unity. And in their unity, they would conform to what they were gathering for. So it's kind of like we were having an argument in the parking lot. Maybe there's someone here in the car. And then you step into church and then there's conformity because of why we're gathering today. And then maybe you're going to step out and you're going to press resume. And then it's going to continue. And I pray that it doesn't, but that you would discuss it and work those things out. Because we, have to, we can't be afraid of this kind of conflict. But we need to be able to walk through it. It's not a message on conflict. But maybe there needs to be one. Learning how to deal with it. So that we can work at maintaining the unity. So as we talk about unity. There were tensions felt between Israel and Judah. And so, but we're all gathering with one purpose. And, and so the psalmist in verse 1 pronounces a blessing on those who dwell together or live together in unity. So he's pronouncing this blessing. He says it's how it's wonderful and it's pleasant or how good and pleasant it is, your Bible might say. And so these pilgrims were coming from different walks of life, regions and tribes. But check this, as they gathered for one purpose, the worship of the Lord in Jerusalem. And so it's interesting to me at least because the psalmist compares the expression of unity to anointing oil that would typically be used in the tabernacle. Today I'm going to talk a lot more about anointing because we're praying every service for anointed time of worship. 
We're praying over our kids that there's an anointing over the teachers in the classroom. We're praying even for our greeters that there's a special anointing that when people walk into our building, yes, it feels like home for guest services, for women with purpose on the Monday nights that they gather, for every ministry that takes place, even on Connect Nights, that there would be an anointing that is different than anything else that you can feel walking into Walmart, even on Black Friday. <laughs> yes, I know some of you have been shopping, but it's all good. But the oil that was spoken of in Psalm 133 is, is a priestly oil of anointing. It was, the oil was special. It was fragrant oil whose recipe was not to be imitated. And so I have some scripture I want to read because I think it, it bears a lot of weight and significance when we think about Psalm 133. So Exodus 30, verse 22 to 33, here we go. I hope you're ready because we're going to go through this. Then the Lord said to Moses, he was giving him instructions, collect choice spices, 12 and a half pounds of pure myrrh, Six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cinnamon, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant calamus, and twelve and a half pounds of cassia, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. Also, get one gallon of olive oil. Like a skilled incense maker, blend these ingredients to make a holy anointing oil. Use this sacred oil to anoint the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, the table and all its utensils, the lampstand and all its accessories, the incense altar, the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils, and the, the wash bin with its stand. Check verse 29. Consecrate them to make them absolutely holy. Get this. After this, whatever touches them will also become holy. Verse 30, anoint Aaron, that's the reference from one, one, Psalm 133, and his sons also consecrating them to serve me as priests. And say to the people of Israel, this holy anointing oil is reserved for me from generation to generation. It must never be used to anoint anyone else, and you must never make any blend like it for yourselves. It is holy, and you must treat it as holy. Anyone who makes a blend like it or anoints someone other than a priest will be cut off from the community. And we read that, and we think, whoa, was God having a bad day? I'll say, no, he wasn't. He was just being specific. He was just being specific about how we should treat the anointing. Now, in the, that's the Old Testament. It talks about the oil of anointing which was used by priests. What about the New Testament? We have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit anoints us for service. Can somebody say amen? So when you're going to work tomorrow, it's not on your own strength, but it's the anointing of God. And it comes and it does its work in you. It's not my stomach, it's just the water draining out of the tank. That's just, ah, everyone take a breath. In case you were wondering, I feel great. But, but God wasn't upset, he was just being specific. You see, a lot of us think, what's up with God? Why is he saying, like, if anyone does this, they're going to be cut off from the community? That's a big deal. Is it okay for God to be specific? 
I mean, he did create the world the way he wanted. He did create you and me in a specific way. So then we also have to understand that when God is saying something, we have to listen to so special thing because he was being specific. The anointing is so special that it's something that oil of anointing him. From generation to generation, he was saying about the oil of anointing. But what about the anointing on your life? There's something special about the anointing that God gives us to anything else. that, you, And it's something that, that is not comparable to anything else that you can buy. There's an example in the book of Acts where a man wanted to buy this kind of power. And he was so wrong in his understanding of God and, and of the apostles. He thought he could just buy what they had. But my friend, I want to tell you, you cannot purchase the anointing. The anointing is given to those who submit their lives under the Lordship of Jesus. Can someone say amen? Think about that umbrella. You have to come close. You have to come close. There's a covering that comes on your life. You know, there are some of you that maybe you come to church, but you haven't gotten this revelation. Did you know that by nature of you being a part of Weston, a part of the family of God, that there's a covering over your life, a covering over your life, that there's access to the blood of Jesus, which not only covers your sin, but washes your sin white as snow. That can only happen when you come under the Lordship of Jesus. But it's your choice. It's your choice. Some of you say, I want the anointing like, like Priscilla has when she sings. Well, guess what? It, number one, it's God's gift in her life. But number two, it's also that she's yielded her life to Christ. And she said, God, take my voice. I use it for you. And here's the thing. Oftentimes, I remember being at, at another place where she would, she would sing, it was a church, I'm not going to lie, but the, the language was, was funny to us, because they're like, that, that, that was really good, that, like, that, that sounded really good, and, and they could not find words to express what they heard, but that was the anointing, and, and I've walked into places where people have asked me, like, something different about you, what is it, it's not just because I'm, um, a calm natured person it's the yes the peace of God in me but it's the anointing on my life and and not because I'm a pastor because I'm a believer you see this so don't just project your idea of anointing to someone here on the pulpit but you have to understand that God anoints you as the believer that you are to go but you have to stay close you have to cultivate that relationship with Him because this is how it starts. It comes with a close walk with God. And then you'll... So, so this is the whole principle of the position of unity. It starts at the feet of Jesus. It starts by coming close to Jesus. And in Psalm 133, we're reading through it, and it says, it likens it to the oil of anointing that flows that flowed down the beard of Aaron. Well, what was God doing? He was, he said, this is the recipe to make this oil of anointing. Aaron is going to be the priest, the first priest. And then under him, in his lineage, his sons, and then the Levites, they were the priests. 
And so God was basically giving them the instructions. This is how I want it to run. So in Psalm 133, the oil, it's telling us, when he was anointed that day, it flowed down his beard. But it didn't stop there. It didn't stay only at the head. You, you get where this is going when we talk about the church? It, doesn't, it didn't just stay at the head, but it flowed down his garments. And the oil flowed all the way down until the Bible says it was at the hem or the fringe of his garment. And so there was oil dripping all the way down. Like when you read the ingredients, a gallon of oil. When, if I'm going to pour that over somebody... And there are some churches, I've watched it on YouTube, where they anoint the pastor. I just thought, what about the suit? How do you get the olive oil out? Right? But, but the oil flows. And it went all the way down. It drips all the way down. And in the picture of the church, it's a power of unity. And God says in Psalm 133, I'm going to bless you when you're united. And so it started at the head, and it moved all the way down to the fringe of his garment. But I just want to say one more thing before we move on. There's nothing ordinary about the anointing. There's nothing ordinary about the anointing. Therefore, there's nothing ordinary about the anointed. Catch this. There's nothing ordinary about the anointing. God was very specific. It's his way, not ours. And guess what? When you come under, there's nothing ordinary about the anointed, the people of God. When you walk in a room, there should be this fragrance. I mean, when the oil, you read the spices, there, you could tell something was released. You could tell that there was a special smell. And God said, no one else can smell like this. And so when we go through it, we're going to understand more. And, and God says, the power's in unity and I'm going to bless you. Again, it started at the head and moved all the way down to the fringe of his garment. So where did it start? Okay, uh, not all of us are sure. Where did it start? But where did it end? The garment, the fringe of the garment, right? So just so we all get it. And God says, I'm going to bless you when you're united. And so God blesses where there's unity. So here's the key. You stay united, and God will keep you anointed. You stay united, and God will keep you anointed. Priscilla, I need your help for a second for this illustration. We're going to move to the piano. I did not give her fair warning, so. All right, um, just come around this way. Yeah, you can hold my microphone, because we're going to try this. So, on the piano, right? Is this one note, three notes? How many notes am I playing? She's a music teacher as well. So, so uh, can we all sing this note? La. All right, well, you're going to be in our Christmas choir this year, right? So, this is, in musical terms, unison, where everyone la, sings one note. Now, if you're really musical, you can do what we call harmony, which is you add a second part, which is so can somewhat this half, let's try it. We'll sing this one here. Louder. This side. This side. Together, everyone. 
There we go. So there's a song that we used to sing, and Priscilla and I, we're going to try not just one voice, but with harmony. So you need to hold it between us. sing that together right and one voice is good but two voices sounds much better amen you can be seated but it's a simple example using music that you and I are different so we're not talking about conformity but we're talking about unity we are gathering with purpose we're gathering but we're all different And I don't want you to pretend to be like me. I don't want you to worship like Priscilla. Because God has given you a distinct uniqueness that is just you. That you cannot um, emulate. That no one else can emulate. God's anointing was specific. And he said, I don't want any imitation. And so when, when I'm up here preaching... Yes, I listen for inspiration to T.D. Jakes, guys like Stephen Furtick, uh, Craig Rochelle, to see how, how they put their thoughts together as they communicate. But if I began to imitate how they speak or how they walk or how they jump maybe or, or how they shout, well, I'm just an imitation of something else. But God has anointed me to be me. Because there's no one else like me. And I want to flip the tables. I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about you. That God's anointed you to be you. Because there's nobody else like you in the world. You are unique. And you are wonderfully made. And so God needs you to be you. Some of you are not comfortable with yourself. But I want you to know that God made you the way he did. On purpose. And when you get the anointing of Almighty God on your life, there's no telling to what He can do through you. And this is the picture of anointing, that you are so close that what God does, yes, the oil flows from the top down, but here's the beautiful picture for the church. As we unite together, we're all different and unique, but we unite together. The oil of anointing flows. Again, did it stop at the head? No, it goes to the fringe. So here's the application. A lot of us, when we think about, you know, the church, it's the pastor. The pa you know what my heart and my vision is for Weston? That just as it was, the oil goes from the head to the fringe of the garment. One day we're going to have a parking team outside. And when people come in, they're going to feel and experience the same anointing from the parking lot attendants, the greeters, as they do from me. And so it won't have to be, well, did you, I want to talk, everyone has the idea that I want to talk to the pastor, I want to, and I get it, but guess what? The anointing doesn't just rest here. 
If you are close and if, you are, if, we, if we are in unity, guess what? That anointing's going to flow. It's going to flow and it's going to be evident. Here's the amazing thing. When people walk in and they see unity, it's, it's evident and it's awesome. You want to know what else? When there's disunity, people will walk in and it's evident and they'll see it too. I heard someone, someone's ahead of me, but, but it's true. And, and so we need to work at unity. You say, Pastor John, is there something going on? Not that I'm aware of, but I'd rather just get, uh, have us get this and work at preserving what we have so that when there's someone who comes with a different agenda, someone who has their own idea of what church should be, that we who are all united, hearing from heaven, say, that's a little off. And here's the picture. Unity, the oil flows, but when someone pulls themselves out of that flow, that's where, you know, we talked about the covering, the protection, and the blessing. So as it flows down, if you remove yourself, you're on your own. That's the scary picture, the scary part. When people, ha- who I've seen it through the years, they have a relationship with God, and they've been here, I've seen God move, you know, but then they've chosen a different path. They've walked away. Maybe career just, it maybe wasn't even intentional, but it was just a slow drift. Or one degree off over a period of time, you'll find yourself in a very different place wondering, is God even real? And you'll have all these questions that before when you were here, they were not even a question. And that's the trouble. When you cut yourself off from the flow, from the unity, from the blessing, it's good and pleasant when you're here. So I could only imagine what life is like when you're not a part of that picture and God's design. But it's not just the head. It flows down to the fringe of the garment. The anointing starts at the head, but it doesn't stop. It might start with the pastor and the leadership of the church, but it doesn't stop there. It can't stop there. It has to continue to flow. It has to be felt and it has to be evident in every ministry of our church. And in Luke 8, 43, 45, there's a woman in the crowd. And the Bible tells us she suffered. Verse 44, Luke 8, coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped and Jesus asked, who touched me? You know, we always say that she reached out in faith and it's exactly true because Jesus said, I felt, you know, it's your faith that made you well. But what if perhaps Jesus wanted us, the church, to understand that that's what happens when you come into agreement in unity and alignment with his body? Listen, she didn't touch his head. She didn't touch the head of Jesus. She touched the fringe of his garment. So could you imagine, thank God, the whole of Jesus was anointed that day. So could you imagine the picture of the church when we are standing together in unity? Someone doesn't even have to talk to me on a Sunday. But if they've talked to you in the foyer or in the parking lot, that's the same anointing that flows through the house. Because it flows from the top and it has to make its way all the way down to the fringe of the garment. But could you imagine? All all she touched was the fringe of Jesus' robe and that was enough. And that was all that she needed. The anointing flows down the entire body. And there's a, you know, the Bible, in case you're not convinced yet, 
in two specific places, one in the Old and one in the New Testament. And I'm getting ready to wrap this up today. The Bible speaks of the priesthood of all believers. The priesthood of not just the pastor, all believers. What, what does that mean? Well, Aaron was a priest and he was anointed as the priest. And then Exodus 19 verse 6 talks about the priesthood of all believers. And then 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 also talks about it. I don't have time to read it, but take your notes and then read it later. The priesthood of all believers. We are all called to be anointed. And how many of you know that a group of people that follow Christ can change the world? If we are anointed and we're united, we can change the world. And here's the thing. When I think about Weston, we sit on the corner of two streets. I don't know if you ever... I, I, this is a new thought for me. Weston and Habitant, right? Weston Road and Habitant, right here where the lights are. And just maybe there would be a few anointed believers here today that we would walk out of this place and the anointing that flows when we're united is so heavy and thick and rich in our lives that everywhere we go, there's this trail of anointing. That everywhere we step, it can't help but drip off of us. It's, and, and leaving a trail that when we walk out of this place on two simple streets, Weston and Habitant, that, that everywhere we go from here, there will be a trail of anointing. That you walk into school tomorrow or work tomorrow, that there's an anointing that is, that is there. There's this aroma and there's this fragrance that follows you. That, that, that you walk through. The, and, and I want to close with this simple story today. But it's a powerful reminder for you and for me. That there was a guy in a hotel and he loved his cologne and he, he had his bottle in his hand for some reason. He's walking in. And um, they get into the elevator, him and his friend, and the bottle drops. Expensive cologne. And, and it breaks. And how many of you know the elevator is a confined space? And so the fragrance is so strong. And you can't even really s smell anything else if you try to. It's just this. And what happened is, as they were going all the way up, they were going up to the room, the door opened and that smell released on the fourth floor. And guess what? The elevator got called down. As it, on its way down, stopped on the third floor. The elevator opens. That smell fills the third floor. Gets called down again on the second floor as people are getting on to get out of the hotel. It opens. The second floor now smells. Not just that. Now on the fourth floor, the third floor, it starts going into all the, the people's rooms. And it's like, ooh, there's, this is a powerful, powerful smell. It gets to the main floor and it opens. And obviously we know what happens. The whole lobby and everything is filled with this fragrance, this cologne. And everyone's just kind of like, whew, this is heavy. I feel a bit lightheaded perhaps. Uh, you know, and we are the fragrance wherever we go. Actually, you know what? Let me rephrase that. You're the broken bottle and he's the fragrance. Would you stand to your feet with me as we close today? You and I, we're not the fragrance, but we carry the fragrance. You and I are bottles of cologne, if you will, of anointing that need to be broken and spilled out and poured out so others can see.
And today it's, it's a real humble call. It's a humble call of unity because it's here where God brings his blessing. And here's how we're going to close the service. Let me explain it. Don't do it quite yet. We're going to join hands all across this place through the aisles. It's going to take this side. You're going to have to shuffle. This side, you're going to have to shuffle. If you're in overflow, you're going to have to come and join in. But we're going to join hands in a second. And here's what I'm also believing. That there might be some people here that you don't feel connected. Or maybe you're just not. Maybe it's your first time here. And God, God, I believe, spoke this to me, that in the joining of hands, something significant is going to be released. Because where there is unity, there is his anointing. Psalm 133 verse 3 says, And there the Lord commands his blessing, or pronounces his blessing, even life forevermore, or life everlasting. You can't see what I see, but what I see is an army. You can't see it from your perspective, but as I stand here, if I was coming against this, I would turn around and run. If, if I was coming against this, I, I, would, I would cower. My knees would buckle. I'd start to shake because this is an army here in this place. You might not personally feel like an army, but know that you're among soldiers. Know that there's an anointing that's on your life, not just for you to be great, but for God to be great through you. For you to carry the fragrance, but the jar has to be broken. That's the example of the hotel. And we're gonna, I'm going to join us, but we're going to pray. And this is the picture of church. This has to be the picture of your home where you're united. This has to be the picture of your life where you come into unity under the lordship of Jesus. And, it, and if you are not under the lordship of Jesus today, you simply tell him and ask him. Say, Lord, I surrender everything and I come close today. I come close to you and I need you today. In the name of Jesus, I want to pray as I join here as a family. Father, I thank you today. Come on, let's lift our voices in unity as we pray that Jesus, you said you're building your church. And I know we've been standing on that verse, but even as I look at this picture today, God, we stand as you build your church, the gates of hell cannot penetrate, can't come against, can't take down, can't win because you're building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so, Father, as we learn to stand united, what a picture it is, Lord, to the rest of the world. What a picture it is, God, the family of God, standing in unity. God, I pray that you would put it upon each and every one of our hearts to work at preserving unity, to work at protecting unity, and to work at getting the proper position of unity. God, we draw close firstly to you father we come under your lordship through jesus christ the finished work of the cross and i thank you for the oil of anointing that flows from the head jesus you are the head of your church but there is an order to it that was established and so father we come close we come close lord let there be alignment and let there be unity today we're each unique but god we are we are in unity and lord i thank you that as we leave this place, Lord, broken and spilled out, 
Lord, let that fragrance and that aroma flow. Let the oil of anointing, Lord, by the, through your spirit flow through us. Lord, let it be so much. Let it overflow, God, that when we leave this place, Lord, on the corner of Weston and Habitat, that there would be marks of oil all over our city, God, all over our workplace, all over our schools. And God, there would be life transformation, that there would be breakthrough everywhere we go, Lord. We release, Lord, that anointing in every dark corner, Lord, in every dark place. We release that anointing, Lord. We release the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage in this city. Lord, and over addiction and over complacency in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that you've not just given us gifts, because gifts could fill a room, but it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. So I thank you, Lord, that each and every one of us as believers are anointed and we are on assignment. And so, Father, it is here when your church stands in unity that you command a blessing, even life forevermore. So, Father, we thank you for this everlasting life. God, I thank you, and it's good and it's pleasant for us. And, Lord, so we just thank you for this unity. God, every day of our existence as a church, Lord, may we experience an uncommon unity, an uncommon unity that maybe is not felt or seen in other churches even, sadly. But God, may you help us to, uh, Lord, just curate, Lord, this uncommon unity that will be in and of itself a message to the rest of this world. God, we love you and we thank you. Be with us as we leave this place. We don't go on our own strength, but we go, Lord, with the anointing of your Holy Spirit, Lord, in unity with the body. And we thank you, Lord. Give us traveling mercies, I pray, and everyone else who's traveling. Lord, even as we take time to pray tonight, however that happens, I thank you there's no limit to, uh, to a place where we can pray. We can do it from wherever we are. Bless us, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so as a good reminder, a good healthy reminder, service is over, but church is not. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.